0: Hello everyone, and welcome to A Mindful Perspective. I'm your host, Nick Levec, Certified Spiritual Life Coach, and I'm here to share insights into my journey of mindfulness and self-discovery. Each week, we'll explore mindset, spirituality, and personal growth to help you navigate life's challenges with practical strategies and inspiring stories. Let's dive in. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Mindful Perspective. In today's episode, I want to take a deeper dive into self-awareness because as you guys know so far, I've talked about self-awareness in almost every episode, right? Because again, you cannot change what you're not aware of, right? So by really developing and enhancing our self-awareness, we can really get a better understanding of ourselves. So in this episode, that's what we'll dive into deeper is how to develop that self-awareness. So first and foremost, let's take the actual definition of what self-awareness is, okay? So self-awareness is our ability to recognize and understand one's own thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. And for me personally, it's really about learning yourself, right? Learning more about who you are and what makes you who you are, right? So in a sense, it's a way to see ourselves clearly. Not only do we get a better understanding of our own thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors, okay, but we also get a bigger awareness of what's our strengths, what's our weaknesses, what are our core beliefs, or what are our values? What is it that we value the most, right? What are our motivations or passions in life, right? So self-awareness to me is really about getting a better understanding of who you are as a whole. And typically, self-awareness can be divided into two categories, if you will. So there is internal self-awareness, and external self-awareness. So the internal self-awareness is really what we were talking about earlier, right? So it's going inward. It's that introspection where we get a better understanding overall of ourselves, okay? However, external self-awareness is really more about how others see us, right? And Tasha Urich, who is an organizational psychologist, talks about self-awareness a lot. So she wrote a book called Insight, which she dives uh, very deep into self-awareness as a whole. And even, uh, it made me laugh, but her Instagram bio uh, literally sell, uh, says self-awareness nerd, right? So she's all about self-awareness. And this is what she wrote specifically. So she said, self-awareness isn't one truth. It's a complex interweaving of two distinct, even competing viewpoints, how we see ourselves and how others see us. So really, the overall picture of self-awareness is how we see ourselves and how others see us. So as an example, right? Let's say you're a leader, okay? Maybe you're a manager somewhere, right? Maybe you're confident that your team has the same opinion about your leadership as you do, but maybe that's not always the case, right? And sometimes getting that feedback can really help understand how others see us, right? So this is what I mean by getting both perspectives of your own and how others see you. So once you can start understanding how you see yourself and how others can see you as well, that really builds onto the overall understanding of ourselves and then how we show up in the world as well. And to add on to this as well, another reason I find self-awareness absolutely powerful is because again, sometimes it can make us realize once we get that better understanding of how we show up in the world, right? How our emotions in, in our thoughts influence our actions, for example, right? What triggers us in all these different things. Sometimes what can happen is that we start looking at ourselves as the problem, right? And saying, okay, well, maybe it's not someone else that needs to change. Maybe I'm the one who needs to change, right? It, it's almost like it's it's a mirror that's reflected back onto us, right? And instead of putting the blame on other people for whatever it may be, we start taking a look at ourselves on a deeper level and say, okay, maybe there's something in me that needs to change, right? Maybe there's something in me that I need to improve on. Maybe it's actually not someone else's fault. And I wanted to highlight a powerful quote by Rumi that really captures this essence very well. And Rumi says, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. Now, I find this to be an absolutely powerful message and really highlights what I was saying previously. However, this also leads me to my next point. It's very important to, you know, want to make a better change for yourself and being more self-aware and understand what motivates you, right? Your strength, your weaknesses, why you think the way you think, why you feel the way you feel, for example, right? All these things are absolutely, uh, I find necessary and extremely powerful. However, we want to make sure that it doesn't get to a point where we get self-conscious. So let's highlight the difference really quick between self-awareness and self-consciousness, right? So self-awareness, again, is the ability to recognize ourselves and get a better understanding of ourselves. But sometimes, you know, and I've done this before, right? When we get very involved into the self-development space, if you will, sometimes our sense of self-awareness can get very heightened, okay? Okay. To the point where we get self-conscious about ourselves. Now that's the territory that we really want to try to avoid. Because again, it's very good to want to make a change. However, when you start to overanalyze and get too invested, right? and start shaming and judging yourself for maybe what you're thinking or how you're feeling, that is the complete opposite of self-awareness, right? Now you're you're stepping into self-consciousness, which is really the opposite, right? So this is just why I wanted to make that important distinction, okay? So again, it's very important that we want to improve and better ourselves, but not to the point where we get so self-conscious about everything that we think about, all our motives, et cetera, that we start shaming and judging ourselves, right? That is not where we want to go With self-awareness. But now I want to jump into a bit of the benefits of self-awareness, right? Because again, I just want this to help paint a better picture as to why this is so important. But first and foremost, it can really enhance your decision-making, right? Because again, when you're really aware of who you are, when you're aware of your values and your priorities, that can help you make decisions that are aligned with your authentic self and where you really want to go in this life. It also helps you being better able to manage and regulate your emotions, right? Because now you're starting to understand why you feel a certain way or what caused you to feel a certain way, right? You get a better understanding of what triggers you, whether that be getting cut off in traffic, whether that be your spouse saying something, right? But now that you're aware of how that works, you're also able to self-regulate so that you don't lash out when you don't need to. So self-awareness really helps with not only getting a better understanding of your emotions overall, but how to manage and regulate them as well self-awareness has also been shown to greatly improve relationships, right? Because first and foremost, it can enhance communication between you and your partner, you and your friends, whatever relationship it could be, for example, right? But also it can increase empathy, right? Because the more you understand yourself, the more you understand your own emotions, that can help you relate to other people on a deeper level. So as an example, let's say that your partner is going through a very difficult time. Well, you can probably relate to that more, right? Because you've got that understanding of, hey, If I were in a situation like that, that would probably impact me significantly as well, right? So again, it can really help you relate to other people on a deeper level, like I was saying, right? So especially if it's a relationship of some sort or honestly, whatever relationship that may be, whatever scenario it may be, it can really help you relate on a deeper level. Now, there are many other benefits of self-awareness, right? Such as more confidence, higher levels of happiness as an example, right? Because again, once you get to really understand and know yourself, you get to understand what makes you more happy and where you succeed, where your strengths are, so that can build up a lot more confidence. But there's one thing that I really want to highlight as well is that self-awareness helps us to own both our light and our shadow side, okay? Now, in this episode, I'm not really going to dive into details about the shadow, okay? But I just want to quickly say that everyone has a shadow, okay? And the shadow is basically the parts of ourselves that we think are unacceptable. It's the parts of ourselves that we have denied or even repressed since childhood, okay? Our shadow can also encompass our repressed emotions, for example, right? It could be our thoughts, certain thoughts that we have that we don't want to deal with, our insecurities, our fears, but also it can be some desires. Our shadow doesn't only contain what we think as quote-unquote negative, right? Sometimes it can contain and hide some of our most creative talents, for example. As an example, let's say that you're a child and that you loved singing, okay? You absolutely love singing. You asked your parents for singing classes and they say no. They want you to focus on your studies. They say that singing is a waste of time, right? So now what you've done is unconsciously, you've kind of suppressed that creative talent because to society, to your parents, to the people that love you, singing seems like a waste of time as an example, right? So this is what I mean. The shadow incorporates not only the, again, quote unquote, negative parts of ourselves, but also it can hold the creative side of ourselves as well. And the reason why I'm bringing the shadow into this conversation today is because like I was talking about earlier, right? If we don't have a a good understanding of ourselves and what we're hiding, right? What we're kind of repressing and suppressing, oftentimes We can end up blaming other people, right? We can end up projecting our own stuff onto other people. And this is what I was talking about earlier, right? So this is what I mean by self-awareness is an absolute superpower because it can help us really uncover everything, right? The shadow and all these different parts that I'm talking about. And this is why self-awareness is so powerful, right? Because once we start uncovering that, we really start to expose our shadow. We start to bring more light And there will always be a shadow side. That's just one thing I wanted to say. There's always going to be stuff that we need to kind of quote unquote work on. But again, the point of this is to integrate your shadow, right? It's not to suppress or push away the parts of you that you seem or deem unacceptable by society. You need to integrate both because the truth is everything in life has its opposites, right? There is no light without dark. There is no sun without the moon. There is no happiness without pain, as an example, right? There's always an opposite to everything. So the point that I'm trying to say here is we need to bring that into our awareness. We need to understand what is triggering us, all these things, right? The shadow that we have is not to be hidden, but to integrate into who we are. So now that we've kind of talked more about self-awareness and some of the benefits that it has, let's talk about actually practicing and developing more self-awareness. Now, for me personally, how I went about and developed more self-awareness honestly was just to get more curious about myself. And honestly, if a few years ago someone asked me like, "Nick, what are your core values or what are your strengths and weaknesses?" Honestly, I would have had a lot of trouble just answering those those questions. And I challenge you to do that, right? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What are your core beliefs and values? What triggers you? These are all questions that you can ask yourself. But really what I'm trying to say here is to get curious about yourself and question everything, right? If you've got certain beliefs, where do those beliefs come from, right? Are they actually your beliefs or are they beliefs that you've inherited from society's expectations or from your parents as an example, right? So this is what I mean by questioning everything. And a great way to do this is to journal, okay? There are many different ways that you can journal. You can write Brain dumps where you just put everything down, for example, uh, you can write down your thoughts, your emotions, your experience, your feelings, your beliefs. You can buy journals that literally like are made for journaling specifically for this, right? However, just to give you a few examples of what I'm talking about in, in terms of questions here, right, they, they can be questions like, what are some things that I want to do for fun? What are some new skills that I want to learn? What are some things that drain my energy? What are things that I need to let go of? What are some things that I want to do to challenge myself? What are things that I want to accomplish in the next five or 10 years? What can I do today to progress towards my goals? So these are all different types of journaling questions. There are many, many more. You can even go online and do a quick search on Google to get even more self-reflection questions, right? There's a bunch online that can really be a good start for you that you can start today. The second tip that I wanted to share with everyone today is something that Tasha Urich talks about. And again, this is the self-awareness lady that I was talking to you about earlier in the episode. So she said something that's very fascinating. So essentially, first and foremost, they conducted studies, right? So her and her team conducted studies to see who really is more self-aware, right? So she called these her self-aware unicorns. So very long story short, the studies show that 95% of people who think they are self-aware really aren't as self-aware as they think they are. The real number to people who are actually self-aware is closer to 10 to 15%. Now, the reason for this, as Tasha explains, is that sometimes when we do introspection, which just means going inward and questioning about ourselves, sometimes we're using the wrong word, okay? So basically, out of all of her studies, what she found was that hundreds of pages of transcripts showed that the word why Appeared about 150 times, but the word what appeared over a thousand times. So, what she's saying for us to be more self aware and to do this properly, it's not that she's saying that some people are intentionally trying to not be self aware. What she's saying is that the questions we should be asking is what and not why. Now, let me give you an example of this. Okay, so the way Tasha explains this is that the question why sometimes can stir up negative emotions, right? But the question what can keep us very curious. Now, let me give you an example of this, and I found this to be absolutely fascinating, but essentially what she's saying, so one of the ladies she talked to in her studies, so this lady was diagnosed with breast cancer and she was in her late 40s. She said that every time she said, why me, or why is this happening to me, okay? That made her feel like a victim, okay? Almost like she was on a death sentence. So instead of asking why, she said, what is most important to me, okay? And basically what she said is that really helped her define what she wanted her life to look like with the little time she had left. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this is that she actually ended up surviving and then she actually knew what she wanted to do for the rest of her life just by switching that question to what. Another example could be instead of saying, why is this happening to me? You can switch that to what is this trying to teach me? And just a final example here, right? Instead of saying, why do I feel so terrible? You can ask yourself, what situations make me feel terrible and what do they have in common, okay? So this is what I mean, right? Why questions can sometimes stir up negative emotions. They can sometimes trap us in our past, as an example, right? As per, as opposed to what questions can help us build a better future. Now, with that being said, though, I just want to clarify something, okay? You don't always need to only ask what questions, right? And an example could be, am I currently living the best life that I possibly could, as an example, okay? So that's just a quick example, but it could also be a question that starts with how, okay? So again, you could ask, how can I change my behavior in situations that prompt these feelings, okay? Do you see how different that is when you're asking the what and the how as opposed to the why? I find the why can sometimes just leave us questioning and ruminating in our head, but the what and the how, I feel, not only gets us a better understanding, but can also provide a solution or a workaround or next steps to what we actually need to do. I feel personally from my own coaching and from my own experience in applying this, it really helps you to dig deeper. Tip number three that I want to share with everyone today is mindfulness and meditation, okay? So I've already covered and talked about mindfulness a bit more, but I'll do a later episode where I talk about both mindfulness and meditation. But honestly, they're very good, right? It's really just about being present and The more present you are with yourself when you sit with yourself and allow what needs to come up, right? The thoughts are coming in, but you're simply just observing them like a witness, right? You're observing what's coming up. You're not getting attached to it. You're not identifying yourself with the thoughts. You're just really observing from a compassionate and non-judgmental place, right? Then you can see, oh, okay, these thoughts are coming up a lot, for example, right? It can also be feeling what needs to be felt, right? What are the sensations in your body? What are the emotions that come up for you a lot more, right? And a lot of these can come up during meditation and mindfulness is an example, right? So this is why I'm saying these are extremely good practices to get to know yourself more on that body or that mind-body level, right? The connection between the mind and the body. Tip number four, to get a better understanding of yourself and to develop a bit more self-awareness is you can also try taking different types of personality tests. So when I started my self-discovery journey, I tried a few different types of personality tests, okay? And just for fun, by the way, like these personality tests do not define who you are, right? They're not an indicator of who you are. They're not 100% accurate, by the way. This is really just, I found it cool. I found it to be um, a way to understand yourself from a different perspective, right? So I took uh, like the Myers-Briggs personality type test, which was the 16 personalities. I also tried the big five, right? Um, Now there's a bunch of personality tests that you can take. But again, I just want to be completely honest here, right? I've seen people take these tests and then they get completely identified with the results. They get completely obsessed with that. This is not the point of that. They're just tests. They're not 100% accurate. It's really just to kind of get a better understanding of yourself or maybe, like I said, a different perspective that you may not have seen before, or maybe you're going to read something that really clicks with you as an example, right? It's just a tool that you can use on your self-development journey and to build more self-awareness, but it is not a 100% indicator of who you are. I just want to really highlight that because I find it's very important. Like I said, I've seen people obsess over these things and try to get different results, and it just, it makes no sense, right? So do it for fun and do it for you. Tip number five is to ask for feedback, okay? Now, this one might be a bit hard, (laughs) honestly, right? Um, This is something I've done before. Uh, Whether that be at work, for example, right? I'm someone that constantly asks for feedback at work because I wanna make sure, you know, what can I improve on? What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Where can I improve, as an example? But asking for feedback can also be in your relationships. Let's say with your spouse. You can ask a question like, How do you most like to receive affection? Is there anything I can do to make you feel more loved? So again, these are very small questions, but as you can see, they can hold a tremendous amount of power, okay? Your partner, I'm sure, would really appreciate you even taking the time to acknowledge them, first and foremost, and then ask those questions to show them how, first and foremost, you're showing up for them, but secondly, to show them how invested you are into the relationship and how you want to make sure that both parties are satisfied. Now. As we approach the end of the episode here, I just want to say thank you very much for listening. And I also want to say that building self-awareness is a journey, okay? It's not something that happens overnight. And it's not something that you should be obsessed about where, again, you get to the point where you're self-conscious, right? This is supposed to be a fun journey where you integrate all the parts of yourself and you get to know yourself better. Sure, there will be parts where, you know you'll have trouble. There'll be a lot of resistance to that, but that's completely fine. Let them come up, okay? Because again, like I said earlier, there cannot be light without dark, okay? The point here is not to push anything away, but to integrate all the parts of yourself, especially the unconscious one. And speaking of unconscious, I actually want to leave you with this quote today for you to kind of reflect and ponder on by Carl Jung. And this really encapsulates the power of are unconscious and why it's so important to bring these things to light and why self-awareness is so powerful but carl jung says until you make the unconscious conscious it will direct your life and you will call it fate so that being said that's all i've got for you guys on today's episode if you did like the episode please feel free to leave a comment or review share it um it really helps bring awareness Uh, To what I'm trying to do, which is really kind of, you know, spread this podcast on a broader scale to really help people um, just navigate everyday life challenges. So, again, with that being said, I hope you have a good week and I will catch you guys next week.